0: My dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Pentecost, the 50th day. For us, the 50th day after Easter, oftentimes referred to as the birthday of the church when the promised Holy Spirit was poured out on that first bunch of disciples. A birthday, I guess, kind of, yeah, yeah. But considering the fact that those first disciples were students of Jesus, a thought occurs to me that maybe this isn't so much a birthday as it is a graduation, a commencement, if you will, leaving behind one identity and being sent out to take on a new one. We've just spent the last six months as a church hearing all over again the story of Jesus. You'll remember it started back in December, right, with the season of Advent and the prophet's promise of his coming, to then his birth at Christmas, to his baptism and ministry during the season of Epiphany, to hearing about his sacrificial death and passion during the season of Lent, to a celebration of his resurrection, and finally his ascension to the Father during these last Sundays of the Easter season. Every year we hear that same story from December through May. So let's put ourselves now in the sandals of those first students of Jesus on the 50th day after his resurrection, the 10th day after his ascension to the Father, to that first Pentecost. And let's imagine for ourselves that it's our graduation day. It's our commencement from being merely students of Jesus to being his sent ones, his apostles. Gifted with the spirit, fire, and wind. Do you remember when you always wanted to be something that you were not? When you always wanted to be somewhere along life's timeline that you were not? It starts pretty early for us, you know. It starts as little kids. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait till I'm a big kid and I get to go to school. I can't wait until I get to stay up until 9 o'clock. You know? I can't wait until I finally get my driver's license and I have some freedom. I can't wait to graduate high school and move out of this house and out of my parents' constant gaze and their nagging of me. Can't wait, right? And graduation from high school doesn't mean that I can't wait to stop, right? They just continue and take different forms. Can't wait. Can't wait until I turn 21. And all that comes with that. I can't wait to maybe find someone with whom I can share my life. I can't wait to start a family. Maybe you find that someone then, right? And maybe you start that family. I can't wait until they finally sleep through the night. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait until they're out of diapers. I can't wait until they're all in school. I can't wait until they're all out of school. I can't wait. And the list goes on and on and on. This last year that we've just come through, absolutely full of I can't waits. Huh? Remember how it started? Pretty quaint. I can't wait until the toilet paper shelves at the grocery store are full again. Do you even remember that when we had, yeah. I can't wait until I can get out of the house can't wait to see my friends again can't wait until we have a vaccine can't wait until i can travel again unfettered and free can't wait trouble with all the i can't waits is that ironically all you do is spend your whole life waiting you notice that waiting for the next thing waiting for the thing that is not yet yours to have waiting for that place that is not yet yours to be. And what you miss in all that waiting is what God has for you right now. Right now. I've shared this with you before, but I'll share it again. One of the things that my wife and I always look forward to every year is our weekend getaway on the first weekend of October when we travel back to Minneapolis for the Twin Cities Marathon Weekend. Now, they don't just have a marathon that weekend. They have lots of other races of different distances. My wife usually runs a marathon. I wisely choose a shorter distance, you know, so I can walk the next day, right? But we always sign up for those races in February. And so last year, 2020, we signed up for those races in February, looking forward to October. And then you know what happened, right? COVID. And all those races got canceled, couldn't go. So this February, we found out that they were gonna have the races this year, although a limited field. So I made sure, first thing, when those registrations opened in February, I got right on it and we got in. It seems that we're not the only ones who can't wait to race again because the race is filled up in like two days. <laughs> Thousands of runners signing up. But here's a secret that's not really so secret. You've probably figure this out about distance racing. The vast majority of people who sign up for these things Don't really look forward to them. (laughs) Because actually, distance racing is a lot like dying. Okay? Nobody looks forward to it, but you've heard good things about what lies after the finish line. So, you know, you'll give it a shot. But here's the deal: I sign up for the race in February. For that race coming in October, because doing so makes me a distance runner today. Do you understand? The racing that is coming, that's simply a culmination of months and months months of months of going out every day and enjoying a run, week in and week out. The identity gives me the power to get off my pandemic-expanded rear end and actually get out and exercise, right? I don't just sit and pine away looking forward to the first Sunday of October and the races that will happen because I'm too busy having fun right now being a runner, There's nothing like the vitality that comes from being true to one's identity right now. You see, you are a Christian, and as such, as a baptized believer in the risen Christ, you know, you know that Jesus has exchanged his life for yours on a cross. And you know then that because he is risen, you will be raised as well. Resurrection is yours, it's your future but I'll bet there ain't one of you sitting around thinking, man, I can't wait until that resurrection. <laughs> no. The truth of the matter is you can't wait. You must not wait for the resurrection because heaven is yours. You now have an identity to live out of today. See, about 2,000 years ago, the Scriptures tell us that God poured out His Holy Spirit right, on a group of Frightened disciples, scared of what the world might do to them. They'd seen the risen Jesus. they had heard from his own lips that his resurrection would be theirs as well. And no doubt, they were probably wishing that Jesus would swoop down out of heaven and whisk them away, the sooner the better. They couldn't wait for it. Oh, man. Take them out of this mess. But instead, God does something different. He sends the gift of his Holy Spirit upon them for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to go out and tell, not just with their lips, but with their lives, of the magnificent love that God has for all of God's people. That's what happened on that first Pentecost. And it still happens. It happens even today. The Holy Spirit of God has been poured out on us, you know. His believers. His children, his church, and not so that we can pine away for what God has prepared for us out there, somewhere down the road. God needs us to live like resurrected people this moment, this day, every day, for all the days that are ours to have. Three Sundays ago, 19 of our eighth graders stood up here and they affirmed their baptism at this altar rail. Confirmed their faith. And on that day, we heard these words from the first letter of John, the third chapter. When John wrote, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. But we know this, that when He is revealed, we'll be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Translation, Quite simply this, because we are His, because we belong to Jesus, we share His identity. Not only will our future look like His, but so will our present, our right now. By the way I am, with my family, with my neighbors, with my friends, with my community, will it be evident that Jesus is using me to serve the least of these, His brothers and His sisters? By how I use, by how I spend, by how I give, will it be evident to others, who really owns my life? Today, on this Pentecost, this commencement day for modern-day disciples, I would be content simply to remind you all of who you are. You are His precious children, the crown of creation, His chosen desire. You are His precious prophets without whose witness no one will know of the immeasurable love of God for them made manifest in Jesus. You have this identity. You have the power of His Spirit. Now don't wait. Go out and use it because I'll tell you there's nothing in all the world like the vitality that comes from being true to your identity. We can't wait. Amen.